0: For some reason, it just caught my eye and I looked up and I was like, oh my gosh. And then my wife looked up and she's, we just sat there in awe. We couldn't even say anything. We, it moved like it was designed to be invisible. It defied the laws of physics. I would say it was bigger than a city block.
1: Welcome back to Blurry Creatures Podcast. You know, your favorite podcast about Nephilim, Giants, Bigfoot, Mothman, Werewolves, Vampires, whatever you want to talk about. If it's blurry, we talk about it. This week we're bringing on Truth Seeker, Truth Speaker, Dr. Ben Tapper in the medical world. But he saw a UFO with his wife and he comes on the show to talk about it. And then we get into some scenarios of modern day David and Goliath stories. It's a good one off the cuff, just more of a casual conversation. We enjoy... Dr. Ben, what a good dude. If you want to sponsor the show, blurrycreatures.com slash members, become a member of the show. We got a members chat tonight, Tuesday, July 26th. If you hear this and want to become a member, boom, you're in. We're going to send a link in a few hours. So, yeah, become a member, sponsor the show. A ton of people in here uh, listen to the show, sponsor We can't say thank you guys enough. You're the best. You get access to all kinds of exclusive things. And we'll be chatting with you guys tonight soon. So head over to our website, sign up, become a member, sponsor the show. We'll see you soon. All right, on to Ben Tavern.
0: The history of our earth is so different from what we can imagine. Joy to the Joy Smithsonian, journey. that if they found out about a large skeleton somewhere, was to go get it. I'm going to assume at least one person is right, because if one person's right, it busts the paradigm. It all goes back to the fallen cherub.
1: Well, welcome back, Doctor Ben. Well, well, thanks for having me, Doctor Ben Tapper, the 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 legend, living off the grid, catching fish, growing great beards, having great lettuce. Yes, speaking the truth, <laughs> seeing UFOs. Nate, and you,
2: you say welcome back, but I mean our listeners aren't going to have heard, <laughs> yeah, heard the, the initial. But this this is their this is our second time around with Doctor Doctor Ben Tapper.
1: Sometimes Luke, we we interview someone and they don't know who the heck we are. <laughs> And and then they go listen to our show, and they're like, man.
2: We can get as weird as we want now. These guys are super dumb and super weird. Yeah, let's just make it
0: happen. That's exactly what happened. Oh, Yeah, there's so many podcasts
1: out there, Ben, and there's so many people trying to speak the truth. And, you know, it's a a sea, it's a jungle. And we, we spend a lot of time editing our show to make us sound a little less dumb. And we have fun. We have a good time. And originally you sent us a message because you were like, Hey, I saw the UFO that you posted on your page and I had a really good look at it. I could have thrown a rock at it. And you know, a lot of people don't get that close of a look at these things and or they see them and they're way far away. And so we originally brought you on to talk about that. We could talk about that again, kick it off, and then if you have any other crazy things going on in your brain, I'm sure we'll get into that too. But welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, my friend. Thank again. You. Thank you guys. You guys were like
1: Ben. You saw the same UFO. Just to
2: piggyback on what Nate said that the, the Tim Alberino. Yeah. We had on Tim. Tim allegedly saw when he was picking up creatine at the local uh,
0: supplement store. He was getting, you know, he was getting his pump on, and he got, he got a, uh, he had a close encounter. Dude, right? Well, so it was actually really weird because I saw I was just telling my dad about this story, and I was trying to Google images to try to find something closely that related to what we saw, and you guys posted that picture. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's exactly what I saw. Mm. And so I sent off a message. I actually screenshotted that what you guys posted, And I sent it to my dad. I said, this is exactly what I saw. And I showed my wife and she was like, Oh my gosh, that's it. So we, even she confirmed that it was what we saw. Yeah. You guys were just hanging out one day eating. Yeah. Well, I got a, you know, I got a burrito and some enchiladas and uh, keeping off with my dad, bod, you know, and, and, yeah. uh, we were chowed down, basically at this picnic table, and it was like 10:30 at night, and we were just sitting there, just talking, just chilling. And we were we lived on the outside of town, and that's it was in Davenport, Iowa, where where I went to grad school. And basically, we're just sitting there, and I thought this bat uh, swooped down; it caught my eye, and I looked up, and I could see this triangular shape that was just almost floating, and it was just it looked like God made an airplane and just tossed it ever so slightly. And it was traveling, I would say 40 to 50 miles an hour, but it was bigger than my apartment complex. And I, like I said, I could have thrown a rock at this thing and hit it. It was just above the the telephone and the power lines. It was just, I mean, just above. And it had those circles that like those circles, but they blended into the sky. I can't even explain it to you. It was like this, you know, we have direct vision and we have peripheral. it was almost like if you weren't looking directly at those circles, you were, the peripherals wouldn't pick it up. And so that's the best way to explain it because I could not visually see, see it in my, in my peripheral. I, it just, for some reason, it just caught my eye and I looked up and I was like, Oh my gosh. And then my wife looked up and she's, we just sat there in awe. We couldn't even say anything. we, you know, I didn't even think about to grab my phone. I didn't, you know, I don't even think I had an iPhone back then. But it was, you know, it was one of those things where it was it was crazy. Get the flip phone out, right? Get the flip phone, yeah.
2: right? I think I had the razor back then. Now was- get some very blurry, some blurry yeah. footage. <laughs> yeah, right on brand. Right,
0: right, dude. I got to say this too. I I was listening to the your episode with Travis Roy, which I thought was fascinating, and mm. I talked to him on the phone. And so when you said that uh, you you did a podcast with him, I had to go back and listen. Dude, I loved it when he says something like, "Yeah, I'm trying to read this newspaper article, but it's it's long and blurry." <laughs> <laughs> I like, it. I literally laughed out loud because I think Luke, Well, that's like us. We're, we're long and blurry, so it's good. I love it.
1: Yeah, we Luke and I never miss an opportunity to. To, to get some locker room jokes in. Dude, puns,
2: yeah. you know, puns, anything that's mildly in the blurry, sort of inappropriate, not inappropriate. We'll just, mostly we'll tre- in, the, we'll mostly in the text
1: messages, though. We can't put mostly. that on the show. Yeah,
2: this is a family show, so we mostly put it <laughs> all... It Correct. all ends up well, being either cut out or... <laughs> right.
0: Well, I think we talked about that last time too, the dad jokes. I love the dad yeah, yeah. jokes. Yeah.
1: yeah, we have a good time. It, you know, and that's kind of what we try to do on the show is just, it's heavy content. It's serious content we they're talking about Nephilim giants. And a lot of times these things are, you know, the stories aren't so friendly. These creatures are terrifying people, but we try to have fun at the same time. Before you see this UFO though, I mean, what's your knowledge of this, of this subject? Is this just like blowing your paradigm at that moment when you're just sitting there looking at it?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen some crazy things and I've always had this, like this interest in the blurry, right? I've always mm. like, just because I was fasting with different stories. And I, and I lived in the, in the boondocks, right? We lived way out in the country, the tail end of the lowest hills, and we've had, all these different stories of people seeing different things, and one in particular, my neighbors, they were they lived about eight miles from us, right. Now this is giving you a perspective how far we were in the country. When I say they are my neighbors. Neighbors, eight miles, yeah. Right, they're my neighbors, right, and so, <clears throat> but we lived in most hills are very hilly. They're not mountains, but they're just crazy hills, right. And you, in order to get to their house, you had to go off a gravel road, drive in a mile back, and they were like this this one residence that was off this gravel road and they lived on a huge hill and it, and it flattened out and then it went up again. And then this huge Valley uh, that was behind them and nobody lived around this area. It was just like this, this hidden Valley back there. And they were, I remember we're sitting in the hot tub. We're just kind of talking and, and they were telling me that they saw this UFO in this Valley one time. And they said it was, they thought it was the, the, they thought there was a, a grass fire and it was late at night. And they ran over there and they had all these lights going like, just going crazy berserk in this valley and it wasn't making a sound. And they ran back and they told their mom, their mom ran back out there and they just sat and watched this thing. And I was like, yeah, right. And I was like, you guys are full of it. And I, and they're like, seriously. And so I went inside and I asked the mom, I said, what did you see in that valley over there? And she told me almost the same story, but her version of the story. And they said it was there for a half hour and it was like a light switch. Oof, and that thing just disappeared, bam, mm. like shot out to the sky, like a blink of an eye at the speed of light. Wow! And I knew they were telling me the truth. So I, I had this, you know, this keen interest at a young age of different stories. And, you know, when you live on the country, you always have this fascination to the stars. You always look at the stars. You're always just looking for different, different things and hearing different testimonials like that. It's, it's interesting. Um, you know, so I've, I've always had this interest in that. So.
2: Ben, talk about like, so it's this V-shaped craft like, like, uh, like Tim talked about. Like how, how big do you think it was and, and did, I mean, you said it swoosh. Was there any, did you hear any sort of mechanical or like engine or any type of, of noise or was it completely silent? We've heard all of the above sort of on the spectrum. So
0: that was the most eerie thing of all is that it was so, I mean, the best way to describe it, it moved like it was designed to be invisible, both- visually and audibly there was there was not a sound and it just moved it defied the laws of physics because the size of this craft was i you know we had three apartment complexes within maybe a a block and a half span here and this thing mm. took, it was bigger than the apartment complex i would say the hips on the wings were just on the outside of the apartment complex
2: so look at this like a city block,
0: or how, I would like say that? it was bigger than a city block. It's crazy. Like it sounds like it's like Independence Day. Dude, These things like rolling in, and if I were facing God right now, He's like, "What's well, the craziest thing?" I'm sure He would know. But you know, if I had to say <laughs> what the craziest thing I've ever seen, hmm. that would be it. Like that was, you know, one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Just because it it was literally it defied the laws of physics. It was so unnatural yeah. that I can't even explain it.
1: It's huge. I mean, it's not, it's not a small craft. No. And how long, how long was the whole encounter?
0: Well, like I said, it was very, uh, it flew very, like I said, just so smooth. It was just gliding through the sky. Like if you just took a paper airplane and tossed it. And so, you know, it was traveling, like I said, 40 to 50 miles an hour. Just imagine you're watching a car drive by that's a hundred feet above your head at 40 miles an hour. You Mm. watch it and you just watch it hover over the city. And, dude, that's the craziest thing. How many people just didn't even know that thing was over their head? And it was just – It's not making a noise,
2: yeah. I live in a flight path here, so I'm pretty familiar with having things fly over because we have Blackhawks and Hueys that I know are flying from somewhere south of me up to the basin. And There's a base in Clarksville, Nate, up there. Mm. And so for some reason, we're pretty close to the flight path, and so you hear them. Like I mean, you're in period, I'm gonna look up, and it's pretty cool to see sometimes. There's some blackhawks and some gunships, and right. it's pretty neat, right? Something I, didn't, I hadn't even thought about till you said that, Ben. I wonder just how often this happens, where you have these silent craft, and if you're just not looking, we might have things fly that if we're not paying attention, they're up there. It's, it's, it's. I always joke that it's like the uh, the office where the Prius is sailing under five miles an hour. And- <laughs> remember like my michael who's it who was it, is it michael who hits or no, he hits pins somebody him. in the parking lot dwight dwight. <laughs> yeah. dwight gets pinned but it's like yeah. that right it's it's, it's
0: quiet and Dude. silent it's it's dwight, pretty yeah. crazy eerie it's just eerie yeah. you know it's you just knew it was unnatural you know what i mean just one of those things yeah i mean that's the thing
1: about about our show is that like everyone has some kind of loose experience they saw something as a kid but it's like when you're an adult And you see whether it's a Sasquatch or you see some kind of other creature or you see a UFO, then it's like at that moment, though, it's like, okay, it's all real. Like, what else do I not know? So at that moment, you're you're sitting there with your wife. Obviously, you guys can cooperate each other's stories and each other's feelings. And what's the conversation you guys have? I mean, you know, a lot of times in this space, a lot of the men will say, you know, my wife doesn't want to talk about these things. My wife doesn't want to talk about any of this stuff. But you're sitting there with her, and she sees it. So it's you know at that moment, that's that's kind of a, a gift in a way. Because if you would have seen it by yourself, it would have been a little bit of a you're never going to believe me. But
2: it's like it's like going out golfing and getting a hole in one by yourself. And you're like, <laughs> right. like yeah. Nightmare scenario. And yeah. No one believes you. Dude, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, Right. Thank the Lord, my wife saw it too. Yeah. 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 What was that conversation like? First, I was like, man, what do they put in this burrito? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: What's LSD in this burrito? What's going on uh, Extra jalapenos? Right, yeah, yeah, right, man.
0: It's a good burrito. To be honest with you, I can't even remember. It was just one of those things where we just were in shock that that even happened. It was just really bizarre. It's just, it's different than like seeing a plane or I can't even explain it. It just was not from this world or from anything we've seen or experienced ever. It defied the laws of physics and you just knew it was something so profound that you couldn't even, I can't, you just can't explain it. How do you explain yeah. it to someone? It's like trying to explain to someone about a, a car from five hundred years ago. Like, hey, this vehicle, like in computers and all this other stuff, and they have no idea. I just don't. It's just you can't comprehend it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we have all this like history of like being '80s kids and growing up with these movies, right? And you see craft like this, and, and in your mind, you'd always just think, "Oh, well, these, you know, it's just it's just Hollywood fiction." And but the more we do our show, Ben, the more we realize that like history, like all the creatures that people talk about since day one. It's not just stuff that people made up, right? You know, there's, there's sightings and encounters with this stuff that go all the way back. So you wonder, is Hollywood pulling from actual experiences that people have? And maybe people in the know have an idea that this stuff is real and it exists. And then they're making films as propaganda or they're telling us what, what's going on and it's all subliminal. What are your thoughts about all that? I mean, obviously, you know, you're in the, you're in the field of speaking the truth. So you, you kind of know how things roll in the back behind the scenes, and <laughs> there's people that know what's going on. Oh. And then most of us are clueless.
0: Dude, right. I stopped watching the movies because I feel like there's, it's just filled with propaganda. I feel like there's a lot of subliminal stuff in the movies uh, and you really can't control it. What comes out you know, on, on the screen, you, you really can't control what your kids see when it comes to these movies that if you're seeing in front of the TV, uh, obviously you can control what you, your kids watch. But, but I think you're right. I think there's a lot of things that we're not being told. Uh, obviously I speak out in the, in the regards of in the health field. uh, Mm -hmm. And a lot of the, in the, in the sciences are being censored. You know, I speak out against a lot of things, uh, especially when it comes to vaccines and whatnot. And there's just a mountain of information that's being censored and kept from the public. And they just don't want that truth out there. And Mm -hmm. so it's, you know, I, I believe it was George Orwell that said that in, a, in the times of universal deceit, telling the truth is a universe, or a revolutionary act. But my point is, there is massive, massive, massive censorship, and that is not just in the in the health field. That's in all sciences, and they don't want the truth out there because they are so afraid of the indoctrination being uprooted. Because we are so indoctrinated in, in the, in this, in the theory of evolution that, you know, this is an, I believe in a young earth and, and they're saying that this is an old earth and that we came from, you know, it came from nothing into something. And that, you know, with the apes and everything, we came from that. It doesn't make any sense. So that being said, I don't know if I answered your question, but it's that <laughs> there's science as being censored and it's not, it's evil.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's like an alternate field of everything, alternate history, alternate medicine, alternate you know, whatever it is, there's right. an alt there. and and we're I mean, we hear about it from everything from how the megaliths were built and the pyramids were built to Smithsonian shows up and steals the bones of the giants to a Sasquatch is dead in the woods and some government agency takes it and they don't let they don't want anyone to see that thing. Every single avenue we unturn, every stone we we flip over, there's that narrative, there's that thing where someone shows up you know the men in black or whatever but uh what do you think these what do you think's flying these things because we've we've gone extensively into that on our show and we've talked to guys like tim Alberino that say you know like this is just what angels the good and the bad angels fly in they fly in this craft right and he has a very practical explanation for some of these things and a lot of christians just have no idea their theology or their understanding they can't fit this technology that they possess into their paradigm. But the more our show barrels on, the more it's like, man, they have ad- They have advanced technology. I'm sure the government has some of it and they're reverse engineering and they're flying it around, but I don't think all of it is the government. And I don't think all of it is, you know, angels as well. Right. It's just, it's hard to say.
0: Right. I think it's trippy to think that like, dude, that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it really is. It's, it's. You know, it starts to get blurry when you're thinking about, <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's, uh, it's interesting. That's an interesting concept. You know, that Bob Lazar seems so convincing. Yeah. You know, I think that's so, I, I, th- I think it's fascinating to listen to him. And I think that uh, he's telling the truth. I mean, you know, when he's talking about reverse and engineering these things, and he's like, I, I don't even know where to begin. He's one of the sharpest minds of all time. And he goes into, um, you know, this scenario where he's trying to reverse engineer this technology. And he's just like, it's, it's almost impossible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So what does that tell you? It, it's just, it's, it's really interesting unless there's technology that that's in place as man-made that we are just, that's been so compartmentalized from the masses mm-hmm. and we just don't know. That's an interesting concept, but it's also, I, I think that Tim's got a, a good point. Maybe they are angelic crafts. So it's, I don't know, man, it's, it's interesting to think. Well, the ben, sheer
1: the sheer numbers are crazy, you know. Like, yes, yes. The, right. sheer, the sheer numbers of all these phenomena, the sheer number of Bigfoot sightings, UFO sightings, it has to be more than just a planned, orchestrated event. It it's random, right? You know, with, with the numbers of
2: of experiences like Nate's point now, whether it be UFO or Bigfoot or whatever it may be, as far as phenomena, right? It's I think in, the, in this day and age when we have the connectivity we have that it's sort of impossible to sort of to really keep put a cap on on any of the stuff getting out right and i think this kind of fits into sort of where you where you operate and I, I don't know how many iterations of your social media you're on right now but the truth is is operating in, in scarcity it's it's a scarce commodity at this point and so on that note i would like oh, dude, i'd love your take on on why there's so why the amount of censorship we're seeing in the uptick in that and where you think this is going because this is, I mean, aside from you seeing the UFO and having this experience, like your expertise when it comes to this is that you've, you know, you've been deplatformed and banned and shadow banned and again and again for telling the truth and you've been proven to to tell the truth. And so some things we talk about here is it fits into the, really the blurry space, Nate, in a, in a, in a a big way. And some of the ways it's like, or in all the ways is that now that the, now that that everybody has access and we have a podcast and we're off this, we're sort of on this other platform or that wasn't available Really, twenty years ago, right? Mm-mm. It would have been like pirate radio. We would have, we, me and Nate would have been in our basement with a ham radio, talking about stuff and hoping that the truckers are listening or something, something like that, right? But yeah. now we have this we have this flow of, of of information. So the tool is censorship. Now it's it's platform it's control, it's censoring, it's trying to squash the truth or at least free thought about the truth or free discourse about the truth from being out there. I would love to, from someone who kind of is walking that, we are as well, but like really walking in that, I would love your take on why and your your thought. I mean, there's a lot of thoughts on this, right? So we've, we've covered a bunch of this. Like obviously from a biblical standpoint, a lot of stuff has to happen, but it has happened over time as well. Like the censorship is not a new thing. It's, it, this happened during World War II. It happened... It happens in revolutions, but like like we just I just said, you could put a cap on so many things before because you there wasn't this free flow of information that was sort of impossible in some ways to try to contain.
0: Right. Well, I love the quote by George Martin. He says, "When you cut a man's tongue, you don't prove him a liar. You're just fearful of what he might say." Uh, And so I think of the they're protecting a lie. That's why censorship exists. It's there to protect. lie, you know, and they, there's a saying out there when the lie falls apart, um, it turns to censorship. Uh, The tyrant is the tool uh, that, or censorship is the, the tool the tyrant uses when the lie falls apart. And, you know, the end game, I believe is obviously it's spiritual. This is a spiritual warfare. And think about the, if, if people knew the truth and if the truth was truly revealed, how many people would start opening their hearts and minds to, to the Lord and realize that this is all spiritual. And so I have experienced this on a mass scale and all it does is it, it increases my, I would say, opens my mind to like, Oh my gosh, well, what else are they censoring? What else are they hiding from the people? Well, what else are they, you know, keeping from the masses? And, and that's, you know, then you'd be labeled this crazy conspiracy guy or, you know, but Hmm. it's, and that's what they try to do. They, turn to, they try to slander my name and, the, and when I try to speak the truth or bring awareness. And again, I have nothing to gain by speaking out or, or trying to bring the truth to the people, you know, and, and there is an evil in the, in the world that they don't want the truth out there. I mean, I, we were raising money for a documentary and they seized my, they, they seized my accounts. They seized my mm-hmm. PayPal account. They took the money. They seized my Venmo account. They did, del- you know, the president called me out along with eleven other people when he did that all my social media was deleted um, and my accounts were hitting three to four million people a month and so i've been completely deplatformed and they just took my personal paypal here recently and no warning so that goes to show you why are they doing that i mean mm. it, and they say that i i'm putting out disinformation well let's have a dialogue about that let's have let's have a dialogue should truth, truth welcome dialogue and science mm. you know when they say science is settled well then Let's have a dialogue about it. It should be challenged. If science is settled, then it should be challenged. It should, they should allow the challengers to come. Because and if if science is if if it ever evolves, then it needs to have, we need to have dialogue. We need to have conversations. And in today's world, people are so like when you, especially in the healthcare field, they're like, well, show me the studies. Let me show me the peer reviewed articles. And I just laugh. I said, do you realize that's not really science That's academia. And as people are just coming together and agreeing on a topic, that's not really science. Science is observational, what we can see and what we can observe. And so when I see a craft floating, that's observational. I'm witnessing this with my two eyes. Now we can go on theories and philosophies and figure out what, who's flying it, what that is or whatnot, but mm-hmm. really it's observational science. In my eyes, you can't convince me otherwise that I didn't see that. I Saw that with my own two eyes. That's science, right there in itself. But going back to Mm -hmm. what the end goal is here, think of the magnitude on this lie. If this could get out on all fronts, whether it's the the corruption with the the data and and this whole pandemic thing, if that information get out, it'd cause a revolution overnight. Or if the if there was a giant skeleton that was found that, and if they could hit the masses, and if they could do, and if all mainstream media would would show that on the TV, and think of the magnitude that would have on today's education today's sciences we would ha- literally have to uproot all of this evolutionary garbage and and it would change the game of everything because it would the people would have to say oh my gosh giants did walk the earth that that mm. that correlates to the Bible I don't know it'd be epic
1: it almost feels like we're being conditioned for, you know like there's going to be some sort of you know we know there's some sort of religion that's coming right and oh, so dude, it's right. And so I think the the, the evolution stuff is uh, it's kind of dumbing us down to whatever religion that's coming, new world religion that's that's on the that's, that's right around the corner. It's coming right at us. I definitely don't think it's going to stay in this evolutionary like narrative for very much longer because people like like Luke said, people are having more experiences, people are filming more stuff, right. people are tuning into our podcast and other podcasts like this. Right. Um, people are watching a- Ancient Aliens and coming up with their own wild theories because. They know, okay. Something's not right here. Something's happening. My friend saw this or my friend's friend saw that. Right. People are sharing, you know, all kinds of encounters. And the church for whatever reason is is like the most they're the snoozing the most. Dude, that's the weirdest part.
0: Right? It's the truth, man. I you know, I feel like the church is being sung a lullaby. And yeah. right now the people are starving for the truth, and I think that's that soil for the truth is is rich and people are, are really starving for that and they're seeking for the truth right now. And so I think it's so important. So I love your guys' podcast. I think you guys are being bold. And even though you say we're just a couple of dummies doing this stuff, I, I think that you guys are, are doing good stuff and you're just, you're having a dialogue about these conversations. And I think that's important. I think it's important to talk about and not be afraid to talk about these things because obviously we, we are seeing things like this and it's it raises questions. And I think the last thing we need to do is write you off as crazy or write me off as crazy and say, "Oh, that's all just weird stuff." Because that's a is get as gaslighting, and you're just you're not being respectful to the, what they see. You just want to believe the narrative and be comfortable and and put your blinds or blinders on. I, yeah, man. What I, th-
2: what I think gets me Nate and, and Ben is that. It, just the, Maybe the sheer amount of, of propaganda and conditioning that, that gets thrown at us, it just feels like you sow that and you reap the, just apathy. This is what really been been impressed upon me lately, is that even when, when the truth gets exposed... Dude, it's like there's people are so apathetic that no one cares. It's just like they move you on to the next Disney Plus movie or the next thing on Netflix or the next story, and and nothing happens. It's it's almost in some ways depressing to see that like, and I think the greatest example of this could be in in this vein, right? Is that we had the first hearing in fifty something years about UFOs in Congress, and it barely made any anybody yeah. talk, any anybody say anything. The fact that this this is leaking out, or right. or, or the truth coming out about this, these last two years and what we saw in the origins of, of of COVID and and the things that are coming to light. All we have is apathy, dude. Right? It's like pe- people are just like look over here and they look over here. Right. And that, I mean, that's what really worries me is that like. When I'm asking what what's the end game here, I mean obviously we're talking about the enemy, we're talking about deception, right? But also we know the enemy hates the image bearers of God, like so I know that's also hell bent on our own destruction and death, right? Like it just what do you think? And this is we're just spitballing here because I think this is great to have a conversation with someone like you that's been on the front lines for the last three plus years doing this. Is just like what wakes people? What is going to wake people up, Ben? Like what is going to and, and and Nate and I try, are you know it's not like that it's not like that we're trying per se like that like that's the, the our the mo of our show but our show really is to try to get the truth out there and ask questions right and 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 have a discourse and talk about all the weird stuff talk about the stuff the church doesn't talk about right Nate did a great job of talking about our podcast and like it's like the church doesn't talk about the paranormal or doesn't address the paranormal and the paranormal community doesn't talk, doesn't. Talk about the church, and we're trying to marry those two things. Or it doesn't incorporate the church. We're trying to marry those two things together right. in what we do. But my question is, like, what again? Because just respect for what you've done and continue to battle mm. like against this. Like, what do you think wakes people up? What's going to wake people up? I mean, are people waking up? I mean, I, I just I, I think sometimes like I easily get discouraged that right that we don't see justice, and and then and within that, people don't even seem to care. Right. That we were we were repeatedly lied to and led down this way. What, in all measures, not just the pandemic, but across the board. Like I don't know what moves the meter. I'm just sort of opining here, so
0: I apologize. Uh. No, Thomas Jefferson said, "One man with a courage is a majority," hmm. and you know what I believe in my experience. I went down to speak at a council meeting, and nobody knew who I was prior to this council meeting. I spoke out against the mandates coming our way, and I spoke out. And I prayed, Lord, let these words travel far and wide. And I mm. had all this conviction to speak. And I was down there and and I didn't care. I just spoke my heart. And I was like a dog in a kennel that just got released. I went down there and, <laughs> you know, and, and I had all these physicians that were there against me. And they had all this amount of time to speak. And I was the only physician in opposition to the mandate. And I spoke out and I had three minutes. And when I spoke, I spoke boldly. I prayed, Lord give me the words to say. I prayed, let these words travel far and wide. I prayed, turn me into a lion probably a hundred times. Mm. And the next morning I said, oh my gosh, what did I do? That video, my speech had millions of views in 24 hours. And it was because I spoke boldly and I spoke um, with courage. And I believe that's what moves people. And that's why Thomas Jefferson said that, you know, one man with, the, with, with courage is a majority, because when you have courage to, in the face, of evil or in the face of deceit or whatever you want to call it, when you show courage, it inspires others to do the same. You know, the Bible even says, do not conform to this world. And Joshua 1.9 says, be bold and courageous. Well, what is courage? Well, we know the opposite of courage is conformity. And so the Bible speaks out against that. Do not conform. We don't want to conform to this world. Well, conformity is doing what everybody else is doing, regardless to what is right. And that's the definition of conformity. But courage means that we are doing what's right, regardless to what everybody else is doing. And the spirit convicts us to do what is right in those times. And we need to listen to that, no matter what the consequences are, no matter if we're going to get persecuted for it. And that's what's going to move people. When you are facing persecution or convictions or whatever it may be, and you, and you do the right thing, regardless of what everybody else is doing, that's when you're gonna have a movement. That's when you're gonna inspire people to do the same and follow. I felt alone in this fight for many years. I spoke out against it. I've, and honestly, it was a burden to carry. And when I spoke out, you know, I had thousands of hate mail messages and I had people breaking my home. I had my phone hacked, my wife's phone hacked. I've had threats, PayPal, my Venmo's were seized, and all that jazz and everything. And I got called out in the media. But even though those are negative things, the negative few does not compare to the thousands of positives that have occurred. And I just know that we are on the right side of truth. We are on the right side of history and we need good men, biblical men, strong men and women to make a stand because the time is now we are entering in times. I believe that we are, you know, we're seeing oppression now, but I believe that it's going to get much worse. I don't want to be doom and gloom. We are heading in interesting times. Especially with Klaus uh, Schwab, he wants us all to own nothing and be happy, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, eat,
2: it's and eat bugs and live in our pods, right? Yeah, our
0: cricket flower. Let's bring that together. Yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But yeah,
1: it's, it's such a strange time, Ben, because I think back in the day, you know, you had ideas and you debated things right and and now now it's like people are injecting their political ideology right into their body mm. you have something to lose now for the first time if you lose an argument but you didn't do any research right. you might lose you might lose more than the argument you might lose it all yeah because you just, you, you, you're you so aligned with your political beliefs that you'll just do whatever they tell you to do, and you have no autonomy of your own decisions, your own thoughts, your own life. It's a really strange time. And in a way, I kind of like, it's kind of like high stakes poker. The blinds were low. We could just debate on Facebook for the last 10 years, but now it's like the blinds are high. Right. And if you go all in, you could lose it all because, you know, the game is interesting. And I played a lot of poker in my day, and this is when the game gets fun. Oh, because...
2: look at you, big shooter. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Like, but it's boring when the blinds are low and everyone's just, no one's taking any, you know, you're not actually pushing any chips out on the table. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that guy's out. That guy's out of the game.
2: Yeah, dude. Skin of the the game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's where we are in society where it's like, okay, do your ideas float? Right, dude. Because you could be dead if you get it wrong. Yeah. And some people are just rolling their eyes, and I know that's a kind of polar, it's a polar thing to talk about these days, but uh, that's where we are. And we don't get into that a lot on our show, but we definitely see the themes that you're talking about in all these areas. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Pick one. Pick any of them. Bob Lazar. You have that Bob Lazar spirit in you. There's a Bob Lazar in every one of these, these camps. A guy that's just like, wait, what? They're lying to the masses? And they don't have that thing in them that says... Follow along. Don't say anything. Good you guys, yeah. yeah, you guys are the guys. Like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the bear horn. I'm gonna right, bang dude. the, the <laughs> right. like, wake up, right. you know. And I, and I do think there's a lot of people in the Bible that were like that. Amen, you know. Amen. Oh, dude, it, it it's not about being morally perfect. It's about it's about being useful yes. in the war. Amen. And I think we were sold to Christianity. It's just like just be morally perfect. That's all it's about. Right. But you're never gonna you're never gonna. Yeah,
2: if you actually read the Bible, there aren't there are none yeah. right? apart yeah. from Jesus that that were they were all a yeah. bunch of I mean abject failures, right? Yeah. Murderers and adulterers and liars and thieves and yeah, it's
1: Amen. that distracts you from the actual being useful in the actual war right. against Satan, right?
0: Amen, dude. Well, look at David and Goliath. You know, and when and and I'm gonna tell you this, when I spoke at that city council, like I went to the restroom, it was the craziest thing. I'm gonna say like I had a vision, but like it was almost like I was daydreaming, like a very strong daydream. And I'm like, I don't know if the guy was like putting that in my mind or what, but I had this daydream about a vision of like David and Goliath in the restroom. Okay. And Mm -hmm. I right Mm -hmm. after that restroom, like I went down and then my wife's like, you better know what you're getting yourself into. Look at all those cameras there. And it was like, I felt like David and Goliath, like I'm going against this crazy, you know, giant, you know, but David, he was probably nervous going against this giant, but his convictions were greater than his fear of the giant, knowing God is on his side. And he, his convictions were greater than his complacency. I mean, look at all the, the Israelite army. They were sitting there. All, all those soldiers were afraid, terrified of this giant, but they didn't have the faith like David and the convictions. And so. Like whom,
2: whom among you, right? And, right. And the shepherd boy steps out and right. the giant laughs like this this is your best. This is what you got.
0: Right, dude. Right.
2: It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't Mr. T. They didn't throw him out there or, <laughs> or Arnold or something. No, right. they put dude there's a shepherd boy. It was like
1: I think Mr. T would have done something. Yeah, though. I just have a feeling. He's a pity the fool. Number yeah, one, yeah, pity, is what he'd pity done. the
0: fool. It's <laughs> awesome, awesome, No,
2: I think I think what, what's impressed upon me too is that in, in our culture, in, in the same vein, is that we completely divorced ourselves from objectivity, and it becomes more and more apparent all the time that we 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 are so rel- relativistic as a society. That we completely divorced our, our cognitive dissonance from object objective truth and uh, and maybe abject reality that that's all. I mean, in, this, in the same thing, that's why I think maybe it's so refreshing when people stand and tell the truth because I, it's, it's the lies that we're told is like you speak your truth and what's your, it's, it's the whole Oprah thing. What's your truth? Speak your truth. Right. And, and in that paradigm, there is everything goes right. It, it is, it is the greatest picture of the world in a sense as, as biblically speaking that, that you decide to yourself what is true and false when the reality is, is like man you can think you can fly but you jump off of a, of a building and you're not flying i'm sorry like you're right it's sort of like a, a crass analogy but the, the truth is is that i just i feel like we have become as a society so divorced from objective truth that it's is very much an outlier anomaly when when people do and it, and it makes sense like in a spiritual sense it makes sense Hmm. That the darkness comes after you become the useful the useful shepherd boy, you know all of us, everybody listening when you, when you when you pursue pursue the truth and step out at you know into god's calling and and when he impresses on you to speak the truth and and to tell the truth, Amen. especially in front of in front of people, whether it be one or two or mm-hmm. two million right you are you're that ruddy-faced shepherd boy right. taking on the the giant that is you know is a society that wants to crush wants to crush you and and your and your life i mean that's we're going to be very honest it's it's to the to the demise the demise of us uh, us that that bear the image of the uh king of kings the eternal god yeah amen brother yeah it's uh dude it's it's an honor to have you back and and an honor to have you out for the first time here on on blurry creatures (laughs) because we had had a dry run it was fun yeah it was (laughs) it's like taking the first we're at an 80s show right it's like taking the first lap on the bmx course and you know just feeling it (laughs) out you're feeling it out (laughs) <laughs> now, we're, now we're going for a run here. It's like right. the movie rad. The movie the
1: movie rad. Right? right. I like that you bring up David and Goliath, Ben, because you know you grow up with those stories and you think to yourself, how, you know, God commands this 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 little boy to go out and take out this giant. Right. But then you know there's a lot of confusion in the church of like he kills him, and then he cuts his head off, and then he takes his head back. Right. And that's what he was supposed to do. But then we have this feel good Christianity. It's like, well, don't don't do anything. Don't hurt anybody. Don't speak out any truth. Right. But it's like no 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 no. This story is it's like it's glossed over the fact that you are in the Lord's army and sometimes that requires you somebody has to pick up a sword and take this take these giants out. Right. And there's you're not you're not guaranteed safety. Right.
0: That's exactly right, my friend.
1: And I don't know why that that part of the story just got glossed over. It was like a metaphor. Oh, it, he didn't really kill a giant. It was
0: just, a, you know,
1: we have giants in our life,
0: but it's like, no, no, he killed them. And, you know, that's, I'd hate to say it. I don't want to say anything bad about the church, but like, if we want true revival, if we want to reach all the billions of people, right. Think about this. Like our churches closed down on Easter and, you know, during the Spanish flu, it were, it was the Christians out on the front lines, praying for people, not afraid, not fearful of this great pandemic. They were putting their hands on people. And if they died doing it, they were doing God's work. They were out there unafraid. Where are those Christians at? Right. And one of my great mentors said that fear is the fire Mm -hmm. that fuels the furnace of disease. And, you know, I live by Psalms 91. We had that hanging in our house in our living room. Like, you know, it talks about like, Oh, no plague will come near your home. Like, well, are we going to live by that? Are we going to stand on that ground, that truth? And I've been through this like whole season and again, nothing against the churches, but I feel so convicted. The Bible says, be bold and courageous.
1: Well, I think, I think of like Joshua and Caleb when they're, they're scouting out the, you know, the promised land. They were the only two spies that said they could take the giants. right? right? And so it's, it's this, the story is as old as time is in a group of men, there's always going to be some that don't have any fear. Right. And there's always going to be the majority, 80% of people who are just terrified and they live by fear. And they're going to try to sway the church and say, "No, let's live by fear." Like I knew my friend, he, uh, a friend of mine. Th- there was only one church in Northern California that didn't shut down in the pandemic, and I know, and I know them, and they were in Yuba City, Yuba baby, Luke, yeah, where we grew up. I grew up in Sacramento, Luke grew up in Chico. We grew up in Northern California. There's only one church that didn't shut down in that area the entire time, and and I know that you know to use this metaphor, ninety percent of Christians are going to be like, they're terrible. You you want to kill people? You're going to kill people going to your church, and they have this whole moral argument of why they should shut down and stay far, far apart from each other. Because that's what Jesus would right, want dude. them to oh, do. Oh my goodness, I cringe when I hear that. Right? Yeah, I cringe. And it's this it's this two it's these two camps. I mean, I understand that whole camp of like the woke Christians who think that you know it's it's our job just to roll over and die in the name of Jesus. And it just doesn't go like when you actually go back and you look at the history of the men who pushed the church forward put the church on their back the disciples guys like david guys like joshua and caleb they were they were fearless warriors they didn't roll over and die for nothing and we have completely confused christianity with whatever this roll over and die mentality is right and i've done it a lot of my life and i'm tired of doing it personally
2: it's like under oath said right they're only chasing safety
1: yeah there you go right or this illusion of safety thrice. Yeah, yeah. Hey, right. here <laughs> let's go, dude. Let's that's go. not eighties, but that's our era, bro. That was the, yeah, that
2: that's was our the scene. <laughs> no, I, I think it's Jesus said that lose your life in order to gain it. Like Ben you said that to be bold and courageous. The church is supposed to be a hospital for for sinners, you know, for the sick right not not a place where definitely not a Tony Robbins conference where we show up and we, and we we all feel good about about self-help and everything and like that that's all there's there's a place for that and that's all fine and Danny but that's not the church and that's definitely not the message of Jesus and I think in a time where the church had a real opportunity to be a hospital you know for for those for the sick for those who were scared for those who you know and and, and also be a beacon Amen. and instead i think the vast majority you know, chose the illusions of you know, the illusions of safety and I think honestly, everything again comes to our initial conversation about the truth, right? It's like right. there is there's such a hunger for it, and the church didn't meet that meet that need. They didn't, they didn't meet. The, they didn't stand in the gap and meet that need for the truth. And you know, and I think that we can we can talk, we can talk about this on a on a on a macro level. You know, even even just in general, with the idea that the reason there's a space for what Nate and I are doing here, right, however, however small or large, is that is there is tons of things that people are, are dealing with, are seeing, are experiencing, and realizing that the, that the biblical paradigm has a place for, for all of these things to be explained. And especially for those who put our foundations and our hopes in, in Christ, this is, we,
1: you have to have these discussions. As weird as it, as weird as it sounds, yeah, even Bigfoot. Even,
0: even the big guy. you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's good, man. So. Well, well said, brother. You know, you guys listened to your podcast earlier on the earlier seasons, man, I just going back to that, I, it's fun to listen to you guys and it's fun to, (laughs) to, to have these conversations. You know, the Bible says that no one will enter the kingdom of heaven unless they have like a childlike faith, right. And spirit dude talking about like the giants and, you know, even Bigfoot, like it, it brings us, it like humbles us and gives us like that childlike spirit. I don't know about you guys, but it does for me. Like, mm-hmm. it's fun. And it's like, it's fun to talk about, you know? And that's, I feel like that's what it should be like.
2: I have a great friend that wrote books about this and, and really just one of the main tenets of his sort of his point of view is that we've lost the wonder and like he says he uses the word whimsy we've lost the whimsy of experiencing god this idea there's this there's this wonder and even this magic and I, that's not the right word but it, it, it's the right word right in experiencing creation and and god and god's presence and and the joy and i, and I know that we always try to nate try to to you know, deal some hope at the end of some of these things because it can get so heavy and so dark, dark. Yeah. I mean, especially dark. when we're talking about the direction of, of of society. Well, that's what I
1: was thinking, Luke, when he was talking about some of the things you've been dealing with. It reminds me of, the, you know, one of the plagues, the 10 plagues was the plague of darkness, mm. right? And the church in the middle of the plague of darkness, the Israelites, the those who had the spirit of God, they had light in their home. Yeah. And so it's like, we are, I feel like we're in that dark time. Mm. Where people are so afraid, right. and it's when the spirit of God is on, you have light, and you are, you, are, you are shining in the darkness, you are not afraid. Because you know, if you die, it is to gain. You don't lose anything. right? So you're not afraid to die. Right. And the weird way, like you were saying, the immune system re- responds to that even. Right. The less afraid you are, the, the, the better chances you have to survive anyway. So you might as well not be afraid, because the more fear... And the more you cower, it's 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 a bad thing for you. But it reminds me of that we're we're in that
0: time where like people are running around looking for some light, looking for some hope. Amen. The Bible calls us to be the salt and light of the earth, right? And it's crazy. You know, I mentioned earlier the David and Goliath vision, but like after that video or after my speech, I didn't sleep for five nights. And I remember people kept calling me a watchman. I was like, I don't even know what that is. My wife had to send me like, oh, it's in the it's biblical. People kept calling me a watchman, and. And I really didn't want to take on that title. I didn't want to even say that I'm a watchman, right? And because there comes a lot of responsibility with that. And, and the in the perennials in the wild, if they're watchmen in the wild, they will sound the alarm knowing that a predator is coming, knowing that they're going to die, but they still sound the alarm to warn others that the predator coming. And that's really what a watchman is. They're sounding the alarm about a certain threat or predator or topic, or maybe just to let the masses know, knowing it is putting itself in, in danger. So, My point is back to the salt and light. I I had another vision of polystrate fossils, which are fascinating, but I I was walking through my office and I had these visions of lighthouses and basically I was walking through my office and all of a sudden I was like daydreaming. It was almost back to the David and Goliath vision. I was walking through the office and I could see lighthouses. I was in my mom's house and I could see lighthouses on the wall and the pictures and and these glass bases And, and then I get to my phone, not even five minutes after this vision And my friend who lives in a completely different state sent me a text and he's in full-time ministry. And he said, Watchmen can be classified as lighthouses. They stand their ground in the midst of the storm and the wind and the waves, and they bring light to the darkness and they bring hope to the hopeless, basically. And it was like confirmation. And so it just reminds me of, of the time you said we're in a time of darkness and we need to be that light standing our ground in that storm. No matter how hard the wind blows and how big those waves are, we need to bring that light to the darkness because the time is now and people are starving for that. And they're lost at sea.
1: And the themes of the Bible repeat themselves. You right. Know, we, we we learn that on our show a lot. You know, like Jesus says in Matthew 23, like the days of Noah. Right. Like, and what we talk about all the time is... What are the days of Noah? What was going on then? Genetic mutations, hybrids. You had an angels and humans interacting. You had realms interacting. You had all kinds of weird stuff going on, and it's it might not be look look the same, but the same principles, right? The same spices are going to be oh, there, right. and right same burrito, same it, burrito. They're making the same
2: burrito, <laughs> Golden age now, same burrito, Dude, <laughs> chorizo, full circle,
0: <laughs> especially with the technologies that are that exist. Um, I don't know, like, I don't want you guys to get kicked off of the podcast or the Apple podcast, but like the technologies that's, that are being utilized right now, dude, mind blowing stuff that is, mm-hmm. that is absolutely evil. They've made a goat with CRISPR technology, uh, with a spider and the, the, the goat does not produce milk. It produces like a, a web strain. Have you heard of this?
2: Yeah, I heard this. Mm-hmm. I did hear this. Yeah. yeah,
0: dude. And they can make like a bulletproof skin. They've like turned a rock weather to blue. They've tur- I mean, the stuff that they can do, dude, will blow your mind and people won't even believe it. So they can alter and play God with your genes through these types of technologies. And that's why I think it's absolutely terrifying that we have an mRNA type concoction that people are just not even questioning. And it's it's very, very interesting days ahead. And you might yeah. be right, uh, basically, with the the Noah Noah's time. Uh, the days are ahead, and it's going to be like what the Bible says. The, the end times are going to be like the Noah's Noah's time.
2: Yeah, we've we yeah, we've, we've talked to plenty of people. This is the this is the crux of our show, actually. Ben, in most ways, is is that we're in a seed war. Genesis, Genesis 3. That prophecy set off everything. It set off in Genesis 6. It set off the golden age and the flood, and it continues to be the place where the enemy seeks to remove those things which make us human, to usurp our mm-hmm. humanity, as Tim Alberino would say, and, and our dominion, and then also at the same time to mm-hmm. to remove us from the covering of the king, right? It is is to remove our humanity. And so, I mean, I, I think we're seeing this, and I, and I think we're in the beginnings, but I also think that like, you know, things are accelerating, and and I have no doubt that a lot of what we're going to see is the days of Noah, again, are going to look much different than they did in the golden age. But right. same playbook, right? Nate said same spices, making same, bro- yeah, you know.
1: Well, it's like, you know, the thing that's funny about being a human being is that, you know, human beings have authority and power here. And so it almost gives us that right to be naive and stupid that this, all the, all this stuff is going on around us. Right. Man, if we didn't have a hierarchy, if we weren't the, if we weren't the top dogs in our domain, we would know all this other stuff exists. Right we would know the giants of old. We would know about Bigfoot and aliens and all these other creatures that are flying around. But because God gave us dominion here and domain, he protects us from all this other stuff that... Can some can can kinda mess with us, but not yet. Not until we fully give up what makes us sons of God. Amen. And that is just the part of the Bible, the sci fi part of the Bible that I didn't that just unlocked in the last few years of just like you're born into this crazy story, this crazy war, whether you choose it or not, whether you want to acknowledge it or you don't want to acknowledge it. It's coming for you. That's exactly and you might as well be useful and do something about it. But I think a lot of people are waking up to the fact that like the it's more of Lord of the Rings than I than I want to admit.
2: Right. You want to admit a lot though, Nate. So that's saying that's, I a, high that's a very high bar. I do.
0: <laughs> you seen you seen Bigfoot out there, Ben? Dude, you know, it's so funny. I live, if you could see back here, this is my front yard there. I live in the woods,
2: right? He's pe- I can see him peeking out there. It's blurry. Yeah, dude. I, yeah, he's right? right it's blurry.
0: It's blurry. Yeah. <laughs> you guys need to come up here. And I, I was, uh, I want to make you guys like a Bigfoot out of, oh, some, uh, out of some logs. You guys, we should do that. You guys can come up here. We can hang out. We can build a Nate
2: big... Put in, Nate's going to put it in his hallway. Where are
0: you? I'm in. You can't tell us exactly where right. Well, in. I'm in I'm Fort Calhoun, Nebraska. So just outside of Omaha, Nebraska.
2: Oh, Omaha, somewhere in middle, somewhere in middle America.
0: Yes, we, Midwest. We talked about right, right. <laughs> and you know, people said that Bigfoot doesn't exist here. Well, this. No, he does. Yes. Well, right, right. Well, there's a lady in Hastings. I I was in. Uh, we went on a, like a almost a three week road trip with the family, and we went up. To, I wanted to see the redwoods, and never yeah. did I really like. I'm just going to be honest. I really didn't know what to think about Bigfoot, but I'm like, man, if Bigfoot exists, he's in the Redwoods like area. like that forest up there is nuts. And I was waiting for like Mm -hmm. a little gnome to pop out of the woods out there.
2: They might be there too. (laughs) Yeah, they are there. No,
0: but, uh, but anyway, there was a, I started looking at like, I was so devastated that this Bigfoot museum was closed up in there. It was uh, out by Santa Cruz area. Felton. What is it? I think it was in Felton, California. Dude, right? Yes, now. yes, that is. Such
1: a, I, I've been dude, there. It was cool.
0: Such a cool. It's like this little dinky little Bigfoot. Yeah. And uh, that's a cool town. Cool town. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah,
2: there's the mystery spots out there somewhere too.
0: Guess
1: what? Camp is right there, dude, Mount, Mount Herman. Herman.
0: Oh, dude. Yeah. I. There's a Christian there's camp a called Mount Herman named, right didn't there. You go there? Or? Yeah, I worked, no, there. You worked oh, there.
1: That's oh, what it was. I worked at that. So my my spiritual journey starts at a camp called Mount Herman. How how funny dude, is that's
0: that? That's awesome. That's
2: awesome.
1: Where, where it all starts. But anyway, yeah.
2: Apex of the vortex. Man. Well, the,
1: that's the thing is the Bigfoot is just, it's like he's just grumpier at different parts yeah, of the
0: Yeah, that's what I've heard. <laughs> that uh, that one guy that you guys had on your show, he was like, he had something to do with like the salmon. He was like an Indian guy. He was. Yeah, Tom, yeah, Tom, Tom, Tom Sosuid. Yeah, he he's was a, a wild man. man. He was an interesting fella. He was an interesting fella.
2: Well, yeah, he claimed that Bigfoot like murdered somebody out in, in British Columbia, Victoria Island, I think.
0: He talked
1: about Bigfoot in Nebraska ripping doors off yeah, trailers. He did. Of, we, yes, that's
0: right. So, there was a lady, so I started researching Bigfoot museums. And sure enough, there's like this sweet old lady that's in her 70s that started the Bigfoot Museum uh, in Hastings, Nebraska. And I'm like, you gotta yes. be kidding me. And dude, you have to have a lot of conviction to start a Bigfoot <laughs> Museum in Hastings, Nebraska, right? And she claims that she saw Bigfoot and she started this Bigfoot Museum. So, like, I'm gonna go out and visit her. Well, you and, should, and I, if I report. do, I'll, I'll take some pictures and I'll tag you again. Doctor Ben Tapper,
2: blurry creatures correspondent, <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> on the ground checking in. We got down there, Ben.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See? sign me up, dude. But she's sign me up. She's yeah. got a little bit of Bob Lazar in her too. It's these yes, dude. Right? It's these people yes. that just can't. They just they don't care what anyone thinks. They're going to follow their heart and they're going to pursue the dude, truth.
0: Love it, love it. You're one of them, right? Yeah. Did I get the job? You did. Yes, I'm hired. Okay, good. Correspondent. Yeah.
1: We just need you, we need you to split wood and prepare. You got it, dude. <laughs> for, for the end. <laughs>
0: oh
1: man! Because we have nowhere to go if the they start blowing up the right. coast. Coming we're gonna we're, gonna, gonna we're driving gonna, to Ben going to, to, to Nebraska.
0: Bro, Calhoun, Nebraska. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> but Bigfoot's out there, Ben. You got to watch out, and the little people too. Right.
0: You know, I think in uh, our our first get together, I showed you the Bigfoot walk. Right. My brother in law is a huge <laughs> big, Bigfoot fan. He's really oh, dude. Oh yeah. Have you Got him
1: blurry yet? Oh, he I, blurry? I actually
0: just told him about your podcast. Let's, go. To go. Let's he's, go. He's gonna be all about it. He
2: doesn't know. Yeah, he doesn't know we're getting, pu- dude, he's getting pump faked. It. He's getting pump faked thinking it's a blur, it's a Bigfoot podcast, and then we're gonna get <laughs> the theology coming all the way around. Dude,
0: dude, that's why it's all flavors. Blurry it means that there's a lot of flavors in there. That's what that means. It's, a
2: lot. it's like Bask- Baskin Robbins, we're just a little more diverse.
0: Exactly.
1: Right. We talk about all blurry creatures, and that's the thing about our—we love about our show—is like if you stay in the creature space, whether it's—I mean, we can we can dip into your your neck of the woods a little bit because we talk about hybrids and we talk about chimeras, and that's what they're trying to do—is turn us all into hybrids and chimeras. So we could talk about a a little bit about what's going on in, in the geopolitical space, but for the most part, you know, we try to keep it creature focused, and that's somehow it unlocks people's brains to have. Different conversations about God and reality than they would normally because if they can start thinking, oh, Bigfoot's real. And in in a way, Bigfoot sort of saved my own faith because I was going down some pretty progressive rabbit holes and getting weirder and weirder and weirder and not understanding. And it was like this fascination with Bigfoot that got my mind open to this world isn't what I think it is. Right, dude. Right. And then you get in, and then the theologians start, you know, coming on these shows and talking about Genesis 6, and it's like, right. And then you're like, "Oh, this is the
2: best." Right.
0: You're going to be a full but blown you-
2: hipster. And now you're just a you're a blurry hipster.
1: Yeah,
0: blurry. <laughs> Love
1: it. How could the story of humanity be more boring than something we could write in a Marvel movie? Like right. the real, true story of humanity. What's going on in this war is the best story. The gospel is the best story.
0: It is, and it's so fascinating. It's, you know, it's so fascinating. It's
1: it's Amen. it's very blurry very blurry
2: nothing yep. nothing like an immaculate conception and a resurrection <laughs> right. and transfigurations and all kinds of stuff in between miracles yeah. and and all the above and ufos maybe <laughs> isn't it just humanity to to make it boring to neuter, neuter neuter that down and make it boring
0: dude yeah i'm surprised have you guys had anybody talk about the leviathan i mean
1: yeah not, not we haven't had a full episode on it
2: but we definitely that talked be about a blurry episode yeah
0: I mean, that, we talked about with Doug for sure. Nate. We're
1: trying to get a guy on this show that heard sirens on a boat. Like, Ooh, the, dude,
0: the, hey, that's that another night. thing. That's another phenomenon I've heard sirens. That could be, that could be an episode. But the Leviathan is super, super interesting. Nothing like a something like a sea
2: dragon, right? Just to get you going in the morning, huh? Oh yeah, right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sea dragon. No, there's definitely a lot of blurry creatures in the, in the in the in the ocean. Megalodons and
0: yeah, the megalodon. Yeah, that's who knows. The, who knows. Mur- he, the, the fi- merman. The mermen? Dude, it's, it's, it's fascinating that, you know, the ocean, what does the earth make up 80% of, the, of water? And, and we say, well, we know 5% of the ocean life. And they say, oh, it's extinct. You know, well, how do you know it's extinct if we only know 5% of the ocean life? You know what I mean? Anyway, that's just my- Well, story. they
2: claim we know more about the surface of the moon than we do about the bottom of the ocean. Well, it's true. You can
1: see it. But is it flat, Luke?
0: Ooh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> flat earthers love our show we love you out there we flat know. earthers don't give don't give up on us just yet okay
0: i want luke to answer that i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Then we really there's a whole episode canceled.
2: to be had just about nasa and this is not the episode Ben. right right.
0: right.
1: <laughs> we don't care about apple deleting us we care about the flat earthers oh delateness. yes, we love well
0: them. yeah that's an interesting topic they make some interesting points you know they really do i they, don't know what to think they do. i don't like the I, firmament and the right. Well, since you brought it up, Nate dog, I'm going to tell you, it's a a little weird when you have, I can't even get reception in the boondocks of Fort Cahoon, but Homeboy had perfect reception when he called the president and said, hey, you know, we landed, we're good. You know, one small, small, small man, one giant definitely hurt mankind need to have yeah. a moon
2: episode at some point because it is was yeah. a weird it, the whole thing weird. there's we're gonna end up on, an, on another rabbit trail but the whole thing is very interesting i
1: think it, there's something not something's not right but you got to be careful because the devil's really good at getting real close to the truth and then getting you off right. getting you on a, getting you on a rabbit hole something's weird about the earth i don't know what it is there's something we don't understand there's definitely something going on in antarctica that we don't know about and so there's something going on right. and my sister loves the flat earth and we talk about it a lot. So just stick with us. We're still blurry. Okay. Right. Don't you delete us. You, you lovable flat earthers.
0: But the thing is you have to welcome dialogue. You know, it doesn't matter. Right. You yeah. want to say yeah. Flat earth or not, it doesn't matter. We need to have dialogue about it and it's good to ask questions yeah. and it's good to handle these questions instead of just writing them off as crazy. Mm-hmm. Science has never settled my friends it's it's
2: about it's about discourse and so i
1: just like bigfoot i don't really i don't get into the globe i just like the big guy
0: big guy
1: you can't go down every rabbit hole you'll go crazy you got to pick your lane and stick with it right you know your space in the health world that's a big enough beast to try to take down bigfoot's way more
0: fun though you know what i mean can i switch i want to (laughs) switch right
1: well you are going to be our correspondent so yes i
0: will
2: already you're you're already somewhat switched you can dabble I'll let you yeah, down. Yeah.
1: Are you going to do anything out there, Ben? Are you going to like set up a trap? Are you going to try to call him in? <laughs> you know, Never know, you know what he likes? He likes Native American flute music, so he play him a little bit.
2: And he likes ladies singing.
0: What do you know, dude? I got it right here. <laughs> Did you see that in my window? No. No. Okay, no here didn't. Is dude. For those listeners, look at this. Ben Tapper, correspondent, Blurry Here we go. <laughs> what do you know? There's Bigfoot walking out right there. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, do, do you know anything about yes. Celine
2: Dion? There's a there's real good flute solo in one of those songs. Oh man,
0: I don't. That's probably all I got right there in I, <laughs> I, I might know uh, the Lion King, but I don't even know if I can do that right now. Oh my! How did? How, okay, hold on a second. Okay, I'm gonna give up.
1: when we interviewed ellie Marzula, and he pulls out like an elongated skull right out of a briefcase like,
0: you guys
2: want to look at this
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just pull out the flute right out of the window <laughs> no i'm serious ben if you play that tonight if you go out and you have a little fire out there and you start playing that thing dude keep an eye out because he's going to come up got
0: it i'm gonna do it yeah. let us know i'll she have a bigfoot ritual you know i thought about actually buying like a high production bigfoot suit here's my neighbor his acreage buds up to mine, and he's he's a deer hunter, and he's got trail cams. It's a good way to get shot, Ben. I know. <laughs> Careful out there. We're not right. encouraging that by no, any right. means. I thought it'd be funny though, just like drag. Like a dead animal in a Bigfoot costume in front of the trail camp.
2: be safer in like more of an urban setting, maybe downtown Omaha. Yeah, maybe a little, pra- yeah, little probably, safer. You know, probably. Yeah.
0: It's a better idea. I'm glad you talked
2: me out of that loop. Yeah, but it's. Just, I want to see you around for a little while, a little while longer. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Okay,
1: we thought we thought the deep state was going to get yes, you. That's right. Turns you're, out big,
2: big my neighbor. Turns out na- your neighbor <laughs> Hal and his in his thirty in his thirty Winchester Winchester 300 guy. Yeah. yeah, or better, or hey, even worse, you call in Bigfoot and he finds you attractive. Right. Yeah. yeah right. And and that's a bad gone. idea to do that. Yeah. You're gone.
0: I just wanted my obituary. I just wanted to say on my tombstone, the correspondent for Blurry Creatures.
2: <laughs> 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 to the man, it's the man on the street, man on the street. Dr. Ben Tavern.
1: I love it, Ben. Awesome. I love it, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for doing what you do and thanks for speaking the truth and thanks for messaging us. I know that, uh, you know, it's, it's not easy. I know we make light of some of these topics and subjects, but I mean, what you're doing is difficult. You know, Luke and I did one live episode. We haven't walked in front of Congress or done anything crazy. Where we're trying to speak the truth in front of you know a bunch of talking heads and a bunch of people who are just cowards, I can't imagine just getting in front of a room of cowards. People that know the truth, they know what's going on behind the scenes, and they just they just stick to the narrative. Why? Because someone promised them, you know, you'll be at the top of the heap at the end of all this. Right. Just a bunch of men have cashed in their morals, and no one wants to speak out, so we're proud of guys like you, we're proud of people who speak the truth, and we, we, we've we interviewed a lot of them, and, and dudes in history who who went against the flow and said, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to talk about, whether it's how the Egyptian pyramids were built, or it's these giant bones that have been dug up that farmers found, and I'm going to make sure that someone knows about this, and I'm going to print this article, or this Sasquatch came, and did this and that, and I'm not going to not tell people because I'm afraid of what my neighbors or my friends will think about right. me. And I just admire I admire that about you, Ben. Well, thanks, bro. You, you don't give a flip what people think, and you, that's not easy in this society when everyone cares so much about what everyone else thinks about
0: them. Right. Well, I appreciate you saying that, my friend. Dude, give everybody,
2: uh, give yourself a little plug here and tell where they can find you and what you're working yeah, if on. Yeah, if
0: you come
1: back from the woods tonight. Yes. Right,
0: yeah. You can find me in the woods in Fort Calhoun playing my Indian flute. Uh, yes. <laughs> find Let's me in Hastings, little... Nebraska here very soon, being a correspondent for Blurry Creatures. But uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram, just type in Dr. Ben Tapper. Dr dot Ben Tapper it should pop up, but I'm probably shadow banner censored. You can find my movie at www.thetimeisnow.movie, dot movie. Not dot com. The time is now dot movie. You can watch Um, the movie, and you can watch the speech that I gave that went viral. And basically, yeah, that's it. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't do this for publicity. I don't do this, but I just do this because my convictions are greater than my complacency. And if you got anything out of this episode, listen to me. I just pray that I inspired you to to be courageous, to be bold and courageous and to pick up an Indian flute. Mm -hmm. Call them in call him in the blurry flute this one the call that's right
2: <laughs> you got
1: to get an old film
0: camera yeah
2: yeah you got to get an old film camera that's how you catch yeah. it in, yes
1: in, in all of his glory yeah yeah you can't you can't have anything digital they'll they'll run away right from
0: that. dude oh and i listened to the one episode on the way home my boy and i still joke about this the dude that casted bigfoot's butt um <laughs> Yeah, big Dr. Big Jeff Meldrum, big He's butt. The
2: leading expert on Bigfoot in, in, in the dude. entire world. Yeah,
0: that dude is—he uh, was—he was a very—that was a very interesting episode. But Big Butt, my boy, and I—we still laugh about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. good. That dude loves feet yeah. more than more than Quentin Tarantino. More than Rex Ryan. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me on. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Thanks, Ben. Yes. it,
1: brother. Yeah, thanks, Ben.
0: Thanks, Ben. All right, guys.
1: All right, buddy. God bless
0: right, thanks, you, guys. Man, Take guys. care. care.